Welcome to EWN Sport Fantasy Football Podcast, your homegrown community in the FPL universe. Now, this week we're going to be looking at quite a few topics, but before we do that, let's go around the room. Let's find out who's in the room. We'll start on my right. And uh, Mitch, why don't you tell us while you're busy? Hey, what's your favorite up, guys? Premier League players? My name is Mitch from KFM 94.5. My favorite Premier League player of all time is Nicholas Bentner. Don't you dare judge me. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Don't you dare. Lord, Lord, Lord Bentner. Bentner. I forgot about Bentner. I, I didn't even say he still played for Hail football. the Lord. Lord Bentner. The Dane. No, he's good. Uh, quality. Yeah. Has more well, goals in the Danish league than Messi. So leave him alone. So, Ashley, yeah, my favorite English football player of all time is none other than the king himself, Eric Cantona. Ooh. I was about eight, nine years old. Watching that man pull me towards United. And that's why I support United today, because of that man. One wow. guy. Hey everyone, it's Adrian Ephraim here. My favorite player, and it's quite obvious, um, Thierry Henry. The greatest <laughs> Premier League player to play in the league. True. For obvious yeah, reasons, quite the, obvious. the stats speak yeah, for himself. Yeah. But know. for me, I grew up watching him. I watched the transformation of Arsenal under him and with uh, Arsene Wenger. It was a thing of beauty to watch the Invincibles. Uh, and for me, he typified that era of football in the Premier League. Hi, everyone. Jason here. And my favorite Premier League player of all time is Jisung Park. Oh, come on. Wow. A a workhorse of note. And just one of those guys that just a a quiet professional. Yeah, true. All right, guys. Well, I'm last Wesley here, so I'm going to go for an obvious one as well. David Beckham, complete genius within the dead ball situation. Best crosser in the game. Perfected that early cross as well. So, yeah. So now you've had your little uh, fantasies about football players. Now to the real business while we are here. FPL, of course, that's important. By now, we uh, assume you guys have caught up on the rules. I know it's all on the website, on the official site. You can get into the nitty-gritty of it. Also, there's some frequently asked questions and things like points that you can score every game week. I think you can figure that out from the website. Hopefully, we'll get into some of the nuances around that in this podcast and give you some tips as to what will set you apart from the rest. I think we're on 2.2 million players at this point registered for the game last season it was over 6 million players so expect that to ramp up quite a bit coming over the next week so by the end of next week before the season starts I'm sure we'll have millions and millions of players well last week we picked up on something we mentioned VAR and Mm. the impact it might have on fantasy Premier League this season number one Jason I assume we could Mm. expect a bit more penalties and we know there are a couple of guys that stand out when it comes to penalties pretty much yeah so will we be now looking and assessing people on whether they are first choice penalty kick takers and that opens up a lot of options and a lot of differentials which yeah. we'll talk about later but yeah it really does bring to the four guys that you would never really think of so someone like last year's uh, Milivojevic from Crystal Palace someone that you know you would never really pick but he scored most of his goals I can't remember the number but most of them were from penalties so now that's something to assess when you are picking your teams someone like uh, Harry Kane is a little bit more bolstered because he's your prime penalty kick taker so yeah it's going to be fun to try and now balance that in within the rest of the FPL headaches and your top goalkeepers as well I mean uh, those, those your shot stoppers as well yeah. so you would want to that's true I've, that. I've never actually even thought about it from a goalkeeper yeah. perspective Yeah. so uh, Milijovic had about yeah, I think last season we have 10 penalty goals and Jeez. that's a lot that's a lot of points for a midfielder he captains the side as well uh, Crystal Palace um, he comes in at 7 million pounds so he's not cheap for a fairly deep lying midfielder at Crystal Palace but the potential of 10 goals from midfield and if and if and with a player like Zaha 
in the side. I think Palace are going to earn quite a few penalties. Perhaps VAR makes that even better this season for Palace. Emiliovic is the guy that's going to kind of benefit from it. Yeah. Having taken 10 last season, I expect he's going to take about 12, maybe 15. <laughs> Who knows? The, the trick is with VAR is the diving. And you know Zaha has been caught for a little bit of diving last season. So now when they take it back, it introduces the yellow cards. You see yeah. what I mean? So therefore, yeah. you bring a guy in like Zaha in, okay, he's going to win you the penalties, maybe score a couple of goals, get assists, but then the yellow card factor. So now not only are you looking at the shot stoppers, the penalty takers, but the divers. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I've got to say the bottom line is that VAR is going to lead to more fouls or yeah. more penalties, perhaps more free kicks, edge of the box, uh, goal scoring situations. More and cards. I, more cards, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I do think you've got to look at your set piece takers in every team and you've got to look at mm. your penalty takers. Mm. And at some clubs, it's not that clear cut as it is at, for example, Crystal Palace. At some clubs, you might take a few games to figure yeah. out who's the lead penalty taker. So I think a good strategy, picking your side now, in terms of what you can afford, is to look at penalty takers and free kick takers at teams because I am almost sure there's going to be more of it. So yeah. you can see there's going to be a gravitation towards your set piece takers for sure. I mean, something like VAR has already made me look at people that I would never look look at. The likes of James Milner, who's someone that you would never want to be out of your starting Liverpool players. Yeah. But the fact that he is an option on the penalties, it just adds to his enticement as a solid bench player. Same with the likes of uh, Mark Noble from West Ham. Five mil, you know he's probably going to play a lot of game time and he's on penalties interesting plus you run away from the box to box kind of players those aggressive proper wet conditions who will put in the tackles because now this car's introduced you know they take it up to VAR this individual's tackle is deemed Mm. dangerous yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. yellow card, yellow card, red, boom, there goes your star player, hot in midfield, gone. But I think we can all agree that the one thing that we're very excited for when it comes to VAR is the memes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't that's wait. So, true. so this week in the podcast, we'll be looking at a couple of important topics. We'll be looking at pre-season and the Community Shield coming up, obviously a good indicator of form and selection. That's going to be a good indicator this weekend as to see what those teams will be going for. But of course, there have been other pre-season games and that's been continued. I think while preseason was continuing, there's been a couple of transfer rumors. We'll look at a couple of those and how they can perhaps influence your decisions in the next week. And then formation and selection strategy is going to be another thing that would be important. I mean, there's quite a bit you can do. A lot of people have been touting five at the back, but we'll chat about that in a bit. And then we'll give you a couple of must-have players. There'll be your personal preference, and also a couple of differentials, guys that could make a difference in your team. But just to kick things off, if we can just uh, start with basically at this point, maybe Ashley, if we can start with you. If you're looking at formation, what is your like preferred formation? So at the moment, my formation is four solid defenders, three solid midfielders and three solid strikers. Now, I've taken quite some time looking at my team. I even got an email from FPL saying, we've seen you change your team 20 times. Are you unsure? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty much sure about my team as, at the moment. But I'm still waiting for this last week to mm. see what happens in terms of transfers. Yeah, I've got to say like a fourth. 3-3 three, three is quite a, a lot on defence because most guys opt for that 3 in defence but I think what's happened with wingbacks over the past few seasons they've come into their 4 and they're actually quite attacking forces yeah. so the defence does open up and like I mentioned there are guys talking about 5 at the back
fullback because of those options in defence. Uh, Jason, I know you also big on your wingbacks. I mean, it's a position you look at a lot. Love me my wingback. The fact that, and as I mentioned last week, the style of the game is changing. So a lot of money and values seems to be had at the back. So yeah, look, at the moment, I am sure that I am unsure about what formation <laughs> yeah. I want to play. I'm, I've been playing with a 4-5-1, 4-4-2, all of them. So at the moment, I'm actually looking at just creating a pretty strong 15 instead of a strong 11. Both of you guys at the moment before at the back, I'll be honest, I've got a completely different view of this. Even though there's good value in defense, I've never ever wanted to play more than three at the back. So that's the, the minimum number you can have because, mm. of, because of something I like to think about as potential or the ceiling. So defenders, yeah, will get you some points but there's also a bit of a ceiling compared to a goal scoring midfielder or a forward yeah. for me that True. always trumps mm. that defender who might score some points and perhaps over the long run is a better bet and adds more value in terms of points per spend yeah. or per million I just got to look at that ceiling and I'm always going three at the back so mm. at the moment it's 3-4-3 three, three. it might be 3-5-2 three, yeah. but 3-4-3 three, three is most definitely my preferred option only because of the potential and the ceiling that those forwards present you know, one of the reasons why I'm going at the moment heavy at the back is just purely from a fun of watching them play. Watching defenders spend most of their times in the opposition's box. Yeah. It's just really exciting <laughs> to watch. And then your heart is just racing every time someone like an Alonso is touching the ball. You're like, oh, I need you. And if I don't have you in my team and you score that goal, I'm going to be real sad. Yeah, I have actually four wingbacks <laughs> in my defense. That's, so it's kind of that factor, that assist yeah. factor that you have. Yeah. I mean, if you have someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold as one of your defenders, assist, goals, set piece, corners. you know, you have someone corner. Mm. <laughs> he Barcelona does. knows about corners. Yeah. You have that kind of guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've, I've also gone with four at the back because we're speaking about VAR, we're speaking about more set pieces. So you're bringing in the taller guys um, to get those headers in. Just simple as that. So that's why you have to flood that box. And my approach is pretty much similar to Mitch's. Defenders with the potential to score on set pieces, bringing into effect a, a VAR decision, a, a dodgy corner, that kind of thing. You know, guys like Trent Alexander-Arnold are my, my perfect uh, kind of defenders, I would say. In the midfield, I've gone for the, obviously, the, the attacking midfielders purely. Uh, there's no value that I can see in having a defensive midfielder on, on my team, yeah. to be quite honest. If I've got a solid back line. Except yeah. price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's very difficult, I've noticed, to get a quality defender at a good price. So I, I find find that a little bit tricky. I've gotten to the point of actually dislodging on a defender rather than an attacker, but that's just me. You know, I do strange things. I was interested <laughs> to see uh, how Adrian, the novice, has been getting on. So, so what, what formation have you... 4-4-2. Have uh, 4-4-2, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Well, I think that takes us nicely onto the next topic, and that's basically must-haves. We spoke about defenders, and I'll start off this round of conversation, but for me, Liverpool defense, an absolute must-have. Forget the price. They are dirt cheap. At this point, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, both 7 million. And you've got access to the Liverpool defence with Van Dijk at 6.5. So those are your guaranteed starters, guaranteed point scorers. If you look at the points from last season, so that's my first must-haves, a Liverpool defence. If you're going to go for three at the back, three Liverpool defenders, I wouldn't even dispute that. The problem is you then don't get to pick another must-have, which I'll tell you about later. But the point is, I'm saying you've got to go double Liverpool, maybe, but at least one Liverpool defender at the back. So you can take your pick from those three. And the, the supporting data on that is that if you look at the top scorers from last season, Robertson, fourth best. Van Dijk, fifth best. Alexander-Arnold, like three places below him. So only other guys in that price range or in that points range 
we're talking about 12, 11, 11.5, 12, 12.5 at starting cost now. So massive value in Liverpool defense. For me, a no-brainer. You've got to stock up in Liverpool defense. Unfortunately, I can't go three Liverpool at the back because uh, Salah is my next must-have. Absolutely (laughs) must-have Salah. Two seasons running, highest point scorer in the game. 12.5 last season, he ended, his value was 13 point something. So he's undervalued at this point by at least 0.6, I think. So that's just my point of view. I'm going with Salah as a a must-have. And then the the other must-have is, of course, um, a cheap, cheap throwaway 4 million defender. Find him, put him in. Mm. You have to have that. A bench warmer. <laughs> Absolutely. I think for me, uh, my go-to has tried to be balanced my keepers. So I went for my go-to keeper is Leno for the fact that Arsenal will leak goals past the defensive line. But knowing Leno, mm. he's a type, he's a shot stopper. I mean, he's going to be second season in the league now. Kind of has an idea of how the Premier League works. So I have a feeling that he's going to crank it up a notch. And then moving towards defence, I agree with you, Wes. You need to have at least one of those three Liverpool players in there. So when I was thinking of those defenders, I was looking at Trent for the fact that it's VAR with a set piece, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. uh, with the corners, um, and also just him running down the line and just pushing the ball in. Um, you're guaranteed to get those assists. Moving into the mid- this is very tricky to try to find a go-to in the midfield but I feel like someone that's so undervalued and someone that's not appreciated enough and that works so hard in the Premier League is Bernardo Silva this gentleman is box to box and yeah. he will get you goals like out of nowhere you'll just see him score two goals and just usually it's tap-ins because you have Sterling and Sané working so hard mm-hmm. that people are marking whatever striker is in there could be Jesus or Aguero then all of a sudden you see it lingering in the penalty spot Bernardo Silva just taps it in and then there you get your points and then up front was really tricky because you have to think of relationships now in terms of how Arsenal have the Lacazette Aubameyang relationship how Vardy consistently finds a way to score every single time Um, you've got Sergio Aguero arguably one of the greatest strikers to ever grace the Premier League but he's also competing against Gabriel Jesus so now you're scratching your head like is he going to start Marcus Rashford third season in the Premier League of course he, he has a high standard to keep do you bring him in? Is he an individual that can that can crank it up? And for me, my go-to decision was Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He shows up every single time, will get you the assist, and will always, surprisingly, I don't know why, but he'll always start ahead of Lacazette, and, which I don't get. Because he's better than Lacazette. I, I, I wouldn't say, in terms of finishing, like Lacazette's got this 22 clinical, goals. But Lacazette's got this, this clinical thing where he, his back could be towards the goal, but he will find the goal. Where Bumiang, yes, he's good, talented, but I guess he gives you that assist option as well and he yeah. creates space more than Lacazette. Yeah. So that's why I went for I'm that. just going to pick up on something. So, so Bernardo Silva, great player. Incredible. FPL points, though. You're talking about 154 last season. Um, just looking at the numbers here, you got Sigurdsson, similarly priced exactly the same. 8 million this season, so they're the same price. Yeah. 182 points. Little sleeper right there. I mean, Sigurdsson, uh. more points. Not saying he's a better player yeah, than... No, 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 you're it, right. But that's something you've got to look at. Like, Adrian, yeah. as someone in your position, you've yes. got to kind of look at the FPL value versus the actual player yeah, value. Right. I thought Bernardo Silva was the best player in the league last season. Mm-hmm. But FPL value doesn't really work in a team like City where they've got, like, tons of options to, to go with. So, but yeah. But now you get the, the fact that, that David Silva is kind of, like, yeah. lingering yeah. away. So, yeah. therefore, I the, think the only yeah. person to fill that spot will probably be Bernardo yeah. Silva. And then by January window, you'll see David leave... The club, you know what yeah. I mean? Good or perhaps shot. so that could that could be an option where he could fill that role and become a starter. 
Yeah, I know. That's hectic. Uh, so my team that I have chosen, um, starting with the keeper, I my second choice keeper is also a bench warmer. So I want to get uh, the maximum um, points and the strength out of my team. The keeper I've chosen is Pickford. Oh. He would speak most shot stoppers early on, penalty savers. He had the most penalty saves. It's not that much, but he saved three penalties last season, which got him some good points. Um, the second highest was two penalties. Anyway, um, so Pickford, uh, goalkeeper. My In my defense, I've gone with one Bissaka. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell I always lost. We could have guessed. Now, now, children. Now, now. It's Play nice. Cool. How he changed. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, my defense, one Bissaka. Uh, second defender is two Basaka and then three Basaka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I've got um, Dinger. I think Dinger is a, a brilliant left back as well. Left back, eh? Dinger. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and as well, he does, he takes all Everton set pieces as well. I think so they've got good fixtures as well. That I'm coming to that point. Um, <laughs> he, he does, he takes all the set pieces. Um, the My other third choice defender I've chosen is Trent um, Trent also takes all Liverpool set pieces corners free kicks all those things so with those two players alone I have the opportunity to get the assist in a potential fixture and looking at the uh, Everton's um, lineup for the next few games they've got some pretty easy matches I won't say easy but like matches where they can walk away with some points um, in my midfield we're speaking about Bernardo Silva and Sigerson. I've gone with Sigerson. Um, Sigerson, there's something in that player. And for a couple of seasons now, I think he's, he's been... been bubbling under, yeah. He's been a brilliant player. Even in the days when he played for Spurs, he was the player that was there, but they, he wasn't really acknowledged at Spurs. Yeah. Moved over to Everton and he flourished. Um, he scores the goals. He also does the set pieces and things like that. Um, I haven't gone with Salah. Unfortunately, Salah Yeah, I'm Salah less. Yeah, I also understand. I went with um, uh, some Musi Maya Mani, um, some <laughs> more money. Yeah, my uh, money. Fair enough. Fair I've enough. gone with money. Money is a brilliant player, and I think he puts in. He's a work horse. He works in that team as as much as Salah does. But there was just something in money last season that wasn't in Salah, and. For some reason, Salah was a bit more selfish than Mane last season. Mane put in all that work last season, and I think he should have scored more goals, but he gave his goals away. He plays with his team. So that's that's one of my... Did you just say Salah selfish? Uh-huh. I did. I kind of disagree big time. I think if Salah put away some points, he would eat that 300 so point mark again. So. So yeah. yeah, no, I mean, good luck to you, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I'm, uh, well, I'm not going to go through the rest of the midfield. Um, Mitch was speaking about forwards, and it is, it is quite a difficult pick for forwards. At the moment, I, ha- I do have Aguirre as my main striker. Um, but it is a bit difficult because you don't know the thinking of Pep. That's why I didn't go with Bernardo Silva as well. Because Pep, has, if you look at City's players, they have all these guys and you're not sure... Jesus is there for the past few seasons. He hasn't gotten proper game time. And we know he has the potential. Um, but the th- other thing with Aguero for 
the first season, he didn't hit 20 goals. From his second season, he always hit over 20 goals. He's been consistent for yeah. City for a number of seasons now. Hence, I went with him. But I'm just hoping that Pep chooses him so that he's in my team. So I'm not going to captain yeah. him. because well, then you, you, You've gone on about Aguero, but um, in Sterling, you, you haven't mentioned Sterling. But, but yeah, it's just interesting. A 12 million midfielder versus a 12 million forward. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's easier to fit the 12 million forward in most yeah. times than a 12 million midfielder. But uh, yeah, Sterling seems to be the, the, the guy that's continuing the form from last season. No, he is. So but the thing is, you can't have two double-figure midfielders. <laughs> yeah. That's going to that's gonna stuff your whole yep. team up. And th- I think that's where the dilemma comes in for every FPL manager. Having a double-figure midfielder, then you have to go with single-digit strikers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and how many good single-digit strikers are there? Um, Mitch was speaking about Rashford early on. Uh, he's picked up form. Um, and at the moment, Rashford and Lukaku is priced at 8.5 million. If Lukaku pip picks up form and he stays in the Premier League it could yeah, be a potential pick but I do think he's, he's gone, gone. Um, Rashford would be a better option to choose but I don't have any of them in my team interestingly Martial's playing at number 9 in the preseason and he's 7.5 so that good. could be huge good. value he's a he's midfielder yeah and he's moved to midfield which so is great so I think that's potentially I mean I haven't looked at United players yet but I think Martial massive value at 7.5 midfielder playing 9 for United at the moment so yeah. I've, I've got yeah. Jimenez, Raul Jimenez from uh, from Wolves yes. uh, up front, and seven point five uh, worth one hundred eighty one points. Uh, I, I find value in that, and then he's a uh, something different to the usual Rashfords and and then Salas and that, which uh, I'm kind of going for. I, lot, I go a lot with the heart and with the in, um, intuition rather. Cool, pretty cool. What does the rest of the team look like? Okay, cool. I mean, so let me let me just get back to it here. So looking at, I've got Van Dijk, Alexander Arnold up at the back, uh, Laporte. From uh, City at, at the back wow. as well. Nice defense. Uh, Alderweireld. Um, I, I feel wow. like he's consistent. Um, and, and so You've very, loaded very, up. Very, very <laughs> yes. Tell us more, Adrian. Tell us more. <laughs> Sorry, <man>. Proper loaded. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but, but they came in at, I mean, Alderweireld was 5.5 um, and, and Lepore was 6.5. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, Fraser from, uh, from uh, Bournemouth in, in midfield. I don't ask me why. I saw, I haven't kind of figured out why I've got in there, but something told me no, he's that, uh, that he's, 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 he's a quality player. Yeah. Uh, Bernardo Silva, Gunduan. Uh, Gunduan, that's a hot decision. He's my oh. one of my favorite midfielders of all time. I, I feel he's got a bit of magic for, for assistant on the on the free kicks. But I said 5.5? Yeah, yeah. It takes takes corners as yeah. well, cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then up front, I've got Aubameyang and Rashford and, and Jimenez. So it's like wow, wow I, I'm got a brilliant I'm, team. I'm, I'm super well, impressed. <laughs> wow, I'm like looking at my team now. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Like, are we getting hustled? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did you fit all those players? Editor, guys, yeah. come on, give me some credit. <laughs> he knows a bit. He knows a bit. Adrian, how did you fit all those players in 100 million? Did you yeah. go for like? Uh, did I'm they like, give you extra budget yeah. or anything? <laughs> Unai Emery's secret slash fund. Very That's it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Max, I've got uh, Kepa and Leno at, at the back uh, and goalkeepers. Wow. Um, Kepa and Leno. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm being robbed I'm, here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check it to you, Mark. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, look, I'm taking a hit on, on Genduzi. Like, I mean, he's, I mean, he's 4.5. Still, he's a starter. Uh, but he's, I like him. Yeah, yeah. I've got Zuma from Chelsea um, at start. the back as well. And he's fairly cheap. I believe that Frank Lampard knows what he's speaking about when he wants him to play at the back. And because he's 
previously has been used midfielder kind yeah. of defensively, but I think Lampard knows defense, and I feel like yeah. a Chelsea defender would help me. Who's that? Uh, Frank Lampard. Uh, uh, so Kurt Zuma. Kurt Zuma. Kurt Zuma. Yeah. Someone's moved up from Novas. I, I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, that, that, that rundown has just boggled yeah. me right now. It's like it took about balance. Uh, there's super balance there, and lots yeah. of flexibility. I mean, because yeah. of the price of your players, it's going to be easy to move them in and out. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to moving a, a big old, <laughs> twelve million player or or a little four million player. It's hard to move yeah, them around. So. He, he cashed in on Salah and Mane and Correct. Sterling, yeah. which gives him that freedom mm. to play yeah. around with his midfield. Yeah. Brilliant. Alright, so, so hmm. well, Jesse. Jason, what, what was your thinking? <laughs> yeah, sure, where, where to begin? You, you guys have covered obviously quite a lot of the, the main players. Um, I think everyone from the start is trying to see whether they can double or triple up on both Man City and Liverpool. I think that just kind of just goes by the fact that they outsmoked and outscored the rest of the teams yeah. in the league. So I think you start off by trying to see how many of those two teams that you can fit in. Obviously, when for the Community Shield, it's going to be fantastic to see who the teams are. That'll probably be the first proper test of like who they think starting 11s are going to be. So, I mean, obviously, I've slotted in Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. I, I couldn't look past those guys. I've constantly been taking one of them out, in and out, and yeah. swapping them with Van Dyke. But yeah. I always seem to come back to those two. They just excite me. They're fun to watch. and yeah. So, that's going to be quite exciting. Um, my current team, at the moment, I've gone pretty heavy at the back. I can't see past Dinia as well. Like a lot of, I've watched quite a lot of preseason, and football is just going through that man. Mm. Um, but no more so, in my opinion, than uh, Ricardo Pereira at Leicester. Yeah, man. If you watch He's Leicester play man. at the moment, yeah. it, it's like give the ball to him, and then we'll yeah. see. We'll figure the rest out <laughs> off from that. Interesting. Um, uh, so body at the back. Yeah, <laughs> pretty heavy at the back. Um, the two other players that have never left my side um, are Sterling and De Bruyne. I just can't see wow. past those two. I just feel like those guys are going to be cash cows mm. for the whole season. Hopefully, uh, you know, KDB is, has, is, has a proven track record, and obviously we don't even need to talk about Sterling. Um, but the fact that KDB had a rough season last season has come in at 9.5s, looking like really decent value for someone that will probably be a uh, solid starter in um, City's team. Another thing that we like will be interesting this season is which which what what is the focus for the managers? So... I would think Liverpool's focus this season is to win Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to be going hard Premier League. Is For City now, has, does Pep need to win the Champions League? Does he now start? So that's why Liverpool's probably a little bit easier to find two, three guys. Yep. City has been a, quite a minefield. Yeah. So that's why I've just stuck those two guys in and uh, I haven't looked past them. Um, and then up front, one guy I just haven't been able to look past is Harry Kane. I, I got like I'm scared. I'm not gonna lie. I'm scared of the August curse. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm real scared. He put it but, to bed last season, I think. But I, yeah, no, I think I think the fact that he's he's down to 11 mil now, um, yeah, is really enticing. Super, super They've got a pretty yeah. good run. Um, I think their first one two games not so good. Actually, no, I like they start off with. Um, one of the newly promoted teams, so definitely going to be captaining Kane first game out. Yeah, Aston Villa. Um, and yeah, he just covers that nice chunky amount of cash up front. So if I want to maybe swap out for an Aubameyang or a, an Aguero later on, he's mm. there. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, interesting stuff. I think we've covered quite a bit of must-haves and uh, a few differentials as well. A couple of players I think we can throw in the mix is Wilson from Bournemouth. Quite expensive at eight oh, yeah, now. Wilson, quite, yeah. quite quite expensive at eight. Um, Zaha playing in midfield uh, for Crystal Palace is another one that's quite popular. I think amongst uh, a lot of players. Um, 
And then uh, looking at just a couple of differentials, at this point, um, preseason is obviously big on the agenda. Everybody's been watching a little bit in Community Shields coming up uh, just to get a bit more information. Um, I'm looking at like the Spurs defense and there's a guy you can access, Kyle Walker-Peters, playing at the right back at the moment. Now, at the moment, uh, Aurea is not featuring, but uh, he probably will. Um, Trippio left to Atletico Madrid, which means that space has opened up. So there's potential there. Five million into the Spurs defense. I think they got 11 or something clean sheets last season, which is good, good value. So those are the kind of things we're looking at. Um, so, yeah, guys, if you have tips for me, you can p- please share them. Ask Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Such a balancing. I don't know about Kyle Walker-Peters, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because watching uh, Champions League last season with that, I think it was the Barcelona game, yeah. where he was just, when it comes to big games, he's so frantic because he's surrounded by all these big stars. And yeah, yes, I'm you. taking nothing away from the player, yeah. but I feel like in the big games, he gets. He's not like the Trents or the the Robertsons or the Rashfords, who are yeah. young players, but they're miles ahead in terms of their maturity. I feel like Kyle Walker Peters still gets swallowed in the big games, but when it's the little clubs, yeah. like you see I, him show up all the time. I'm I'm totally with you. I'm just looking for five million access to Spurs defense, and who knows? Maybe 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 that kind of works. But uh, it Good is choice. a bit of a gamble. Um, and they always say some guys play a little bit on the on the Maverick side of things. Other guys are a bit mm. more measured My, in their thinking. Yeah. My my uh, differential headache has been sitting around the uh, the midfielders that are priced uh, like six and six point five because yeah. I'm seeing a lot of talent there. So the guys that I've been bouncing around with, uh, and obviously preseason isn't uh, everything, but uh, Barkley and Mason Mount at Chelsea yeah. are looking yeah. very tasty. Yeah. Um, Barkley's on looking to be on penalties and free kicks, and he just looks a lot happier. Um, and he's been looks like he's been given a lot of freedom. So at six mil. Uh, and into a Chelsea team, so let's not forget they came. They came third. I mean, that's good. Yep. Um, and the other differential, and I, I never want to say these people's names because then people might jump on yeah. them. But we'll do it. But <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. So he's a differential, and he's also a top pick for me. But uh, Yuri Tillemans at oh, yeah. Leicester City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good player. Mm-hmm. I will leave mm-hmm. it there. I had him. I had him, and then I swapped him out for oh, Redmond. Yeah. <laughs> but he just, well, he just you passes could, you the eye You could bring him back. Yeah. yeah. No one spoke about Richarlison. Yeah, I had Rashardson Rish- last last time around. He did well. He's yeah. someone to look out for. I haven't seen yeah. any he has a point to prove. I wonder, but but where is he playing? Is he playing yeah. wide left or is he playing up front? Because when he played up front last season, it didn't work out for him. No, so. it didn't. He's work playing out. wide. Is he's he playing play, wide? Yeah, he's he's, play wider, he's so. in the midfield. Um, I think the the uh, in Everton's team, Sigerson's going to get those those points in the midfield. Yeah, personally, really? yeah. I'm going with I, so. yeah. I have a strong I like feeling. I just, I, like I just the fact that you know the Brazil team is so big, so many stars, yeah. and I feel like he's so underrated and he goes underneath the carpet and he does his work. Yes, he is aggressive. He might yeah. get you a red card or five, mm. but it's yeah. fine. Oh. <laughs> he'll get oh. you. He'll get you 15 goals, 18 goals. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he has this point to prove, and I have a feeling this is the season where he's going to look at. You know what? I've been here. I know how this goes, and now I'm going to show Brazil selection. That I should be in the starting eleven, mm. and cool. he st- he starts strong usually every season. He's, yeah. he, he you know he starts off flying, and Everton have a good run. So good good differential. Yeah, guys. So Adrian, you've yeah. I mean, my, mine would be uh, like I said, Nathan Redmond would be my the guy that I'm uh, kind of hoping hoping that is gonna gonna make make moves there. I, I've always liked him as a player. I've always um, enjoyed his style of football and he's capable of kind of changing a match, uh, scoring a crucial 
equalizer, for example, or a, or a winning goal in the, in the dying minute. So I, I enjoyed him as a as a player. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think just to wrap things up, maybe we can all yes. just go around the room and just look at which transfer in, just one name, uh, which transfer in you think might have a big impact. It might be a transfer made already, a potential transfer. Uh, let's let's allow that, a potential transfer in the next week uh, that might make a difference in the teams. If we so it's so a real-world impact Real world. fantasy. Okay. Well, well, fantasy as, yeah, probably uh, fantasy. Yeah. How much time do we have? You've, you guys, okay. Go, uh, we much? have 15 seconds. F- Mitch, 15, 15 seconds, Mitch. Mitch, go. I say Paulo Dybala. Why? Because he's just going to bring a different style, calmness to United, and he's just going to score those goals. Okay, that's cool. Calmness. Uh, I think United need that. I agree with you, Jason. Uh, Ryan Sessegnon, waiting to see what he comes in and what position and what price. Cool. I think he's at Spurs. Could be a cheap way in that defence. What I'm saying. I think. Yeah. Adrian? Me, Nicolas Pepper. I'm hoping they, oh. they sign on the pay, on the dotted line. Um, Interesting to see him with Obama Yang and Lacazette in the mix. I, I feel he's got something that's going to add some spice to the Arsenal team. Cool. Uh, for me, I think uh, Harry Maguire. Hopefully that transfer gets made. Um, United needs another solid defender. And I know I'm speaking much about United. I have eight seconds. But I think um, Harry Maguire, Lindelof, Wan-Bissaka and Luke Shaw. Done. Thank you very much. And I'll wrap it up with saying I think Juan Basaka is going to make the biggest difference. I think he's going to bring solid solidity to the United defence and most probably carry on getting all those bonus points he got for Palace. Cool. So, guys, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for joining us for this podcast. Uh, We'll see you next week. It's going to be the preview of Game Week 1. So, on the 8th of August, the next podcast will be out. Game week one coming up. There's a couple of tasty fixtures. We've got an early kickoff on the Friday. Liverpool against Norwich, a newly promoted team. So lots of fireworks expected there. Perhaps a good start for many FPL managers. But all that's left to say is, may your sheets always be clean.